Hi, this is Jeremy and welcome to our ITOT Fundamentals video series. Here we, we are in the second session and we will talk about software development. And with me is Christian. Hi, Jeremy. Hi. So, um, do we want to do a small recapture of the last, last episode? Yeah, if you haven't heard it yet, last episode we uh, had our first session where we did a little introduction into IT. Um, so today, in today's session, we will have a little bit of a further look into uh, software development. So within the sector of IT, what is last session we talked about? What are the the um, responsibilities of IT? What is important? What are typical vendors and um, Today we have a little bit more of a focus in IT development, so especially software development. Um, so let me kick off with the first question here. Um, Jeremy, what operating systems are used in the industrial context? Because from my home uh, computer, I know Windows, I know Apple, so MacBook, uh, but what is used in the industrial context? Yeah, so um, in general, so uh, for home use, you have two large vendors. You have like uh, Windows and you have Apple for for laptops. Um, then in industrial use, this is actually something as uh, so some something differently. Um, if we take a look at at the cloud, um, you have especially one language that stands out there, uh, and that is actually Linux. Uh, so Linux is basically the standard for everything that is cloud-related. Of course, in larger organizations with legacy infrastructure, you also have stuff like Windows Server, but in general, everything also with Docker, etc., all runs on Linux. And then in some edge cases, you have in the networking section, you also have like some still some BSD, like OPNSense, for example, or PFSense, or some BSD variants. Um, but in general, to summarize it, Windows and Apple for for your laptops, for the cloud and servers, you have Linux. Um, and industrial, you also work a lot of with embedded systems. Um, this could be some variant of Windows. Uh, I've seen everything that's... In, in OT, I've seen literally everything. But uh, in classical IT, Linux, Windows, and embedded. Okay, and, and what kind of programming languages are, are spoken on those systems? Yeah, so there are a lot of various programming languages. Um, and just to give you like some some examples, there's like Python, C, Go, there's Bash. There are so many programming languages out there. Um, it, I think it, it's over a couple thousand. Um, there are even some 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 random funny languages like... Um, Chef and uh, Mozart. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I think it's like, uh, I think one is called BrainFuck, which is just like... <laughs> Uh, just just designed so that you can't use it. Um, but like common ones are, for example, Python, C, C++, Go, uh, etc. And and I mean, from from a data science perspective, I think a lot of people know Python, and it's probably the the language that uh, most people start with. Um, but what would you say? What is the best language? Yeah, I think. Um, so one of the things that we want to do in this video series is we want to always take a step back. I don't want to talk about which language is better than the other. Um, I w here we want to take this step back and understand, okay, 
for what type of purpose is each language created because in the end result it really depends on what you want to do and speed for example in some cases is, it matters but actually if you take a look why a certain language is used speed is like if you have a list of the top top five or top ten it will be somewhere on the on the bottom so what types of languages are there for example um, if we try to take the step back mm -hmm. there are imperative programming languages so there's subfunction is for example procedural for example like C or go um, and then they're object oriented like Java like with the most common uh, the most common example there and object oriented languages there were invented to handle the complexity of very large programs um, so for example Java so you would uh, put everything into objects you would start to abstract it I think nowadays it's halfway safe to say that object oriented isn't newer languages are very rarely object oriented anymore um, because putting abstractions, abstractions on abstractions also has some difficulties because then it's it starts to get very the code starts to get very verbose so there's a lot of stuff stuff in it you're writing a lot of boilerplate code and then it starts to get hard to understand and even for output I think Java is famous for it to do simple things you have to write hundreds of lines of code mm -hmm. um, uh, and then the other category is th and this one is really not used often but it's still important to know that it exists uh, are declarative languages like functional languages like Haskell or I think um, the InfluxDB language of, of with Flux it's also based with functional elements uh, there are also like other things but Usually, usually you use the imperative ones, um, procedural or object-oriented, Python, C, Go, Bash, etc. Functional, there's like Haskell or there's like Elixir. They have some rare edge cases um, in telecommunication, for example. It's it, it's used quite often. But you would say, like in the in the main industry, uh, the m most developers use imperative um, programming languages yeah. and especially procedural, um, because the object oriented are not that common anymore. Or yeah, you you can still do it. So for example, Python is actually you can also do it object oriented. And a lot of people chose chose to do it. Mm -hmm. It's also always kind of a personal flavor touch. Um, and then there are, like, again, a lot of other examples where there are differences. So some languages are compiled, like C or Go. Some are not compiled. Both have advantages and disadvantages. And there are a lot of things that uh, you have to consider. And I think the most important thing, if you try to search for a language for a special use case, try to think of the following main, main factors. One is what are you trying to do? And then take a look what is the most common language in that field. Mm -hmm. So data science, even though we at, we at the United Manufacturing Hub do a lot in Go, it doesn't make sense because there's so much data science tutorials and libraries out there for Python and time machine learning. It all, except there's some stuff in C++, but most of it is in Python. So if you're going for data science, use Python. If you're in, in cloud infrastructure and in infrastructure, there's a lot of, like Docker, Kubernetes, a lot of it is written in Go. So like we did, we just aligned with the rest, rest of it and chose that language. 
since we are also using uh, Docker and Kubernetes, uh, that is why we chose, uh, in this case, Go for uh, as a programming language to, to yeah, go for Yeah, that. also because um, Go has, it, it's really easy to um, to read, it's really easy to, um, to do multitasking with it. Um, there's some, some, some other advantages uh, which are mainly needed in this type of cloud, cloud infrastructure in the infrastructure area. If mm -hmm. you go, for example, embedded, then their languages like C or Rust uh, are probably better because they're, they, they're just tailored more to, that, to these use cases. And from a manufacturing, so industry as a company a perspective, when I need to set up an, an infrastructure, IT and OT, do I need a developer speaking all those languages? Or um, it, If you take a look later at the entire stack, um, it makes sense to, first, it makes also sense to take a look at which languages where you have actual programmers available. So Python is a very, very common one, mm -hmm. and they're also quite cheap ones. There, if you want to program C, it's everything starts to get more rare and expensive. Mm -hmm. um, later in the OT area, um, you will see we will see there are entirely different languages which are not based on anything that we see here. So these are typical IT languages. If you take a look at the stack, very likely as a company you will have to work with multiple languages. Um, but for, for entire sub sections, you should maybe. So, for example, for everything that's related to data science and data processing, it could make sense to say, okay, let's just use everything Python in here, but maybe for everything embedded, let's just go for C or Rust. Okay, got it. And um, now imagine I imagine to, to have a um, team of developers and they um, work on the same stack. How, as a company, how do I keep track of changes? I mean, we know that from, from for example, PowerPoint. Uh, if we work together on a PowerPoint, uh, th there we can work in a team at the, at the same slides. But how do you do it with uh, coding? Yeah, so there's, um, there are different type of version controls. So the, the, um, the term to use is version control. Um, a very popular one is, for example, Git. It comes from the Linux kernel. And it's a tool to handle hundreds of developers working at the same code base. So you can, uh, so you don't have to do stuff like v1, v2, v3, final, final two, <laughs> uh, and then start to sending around by email. They actually did it, did it like this, and then they said, okay, no, we need a more structured approach. And then there's Git, but there are also I think uh, source trees also uh, a variant that's that's been used, and. Then on top of it, you have uh, stuff like GitHub, which is basically a platform just for for for, for Git and, and and open source. But these are like the tools that are used for for a non technical person. What is the difference between Git and GitHub? <laughs> ah, well, very good. Um, if you really want to take a, a go into it, there are a lot of videos here on Learn, as you see. Um, but there, the main difference is Git is the underlying technology. And GitHub is a platform. So with GitHub, you're using Git, basically. It's like a server for Git. Um, but it provides you a lot of additional functionalities for collaboration. For example, and it even has some, some, some things in the workflow that you how, you how you should use Git. So Git is just a tool. GitHub is like a platform with like recommended workflows. Um, and... So that's that's the, the the main difference. You do Git and GitHub. You don't do Git GitHub and Git. 
Um, and in GitHub, you can collaborate, you can talk about things. I can, um, if you want, just take a look at, at so Git GitHub. So Git is the technology and GitHub is a, it's a platform yeah, that exactly. uses the, the technology. Okay, got it. So to summarize up this session, um, in software development from a company perspective, I first have to think about what kind of project do I want to do? Is it data science? Is it uh, AI? Is it something backend related? Um, with that knowledge, I pick my developer and the development language. And uh, if I have a team of developers, they usually, no matter what the language, they usually share their development through uh, GitHub, for example, as a platform um, by using Git technology. Exactly. All right, that sounds amazing. <laughs> then uh, I would say let's skip to the next session. Uh, to the audience, thank you for listening. Please let us know what kind of languages uh, you use for your projects, um, what are the advantages of each uh, language, and uh, if you have any feedback, uh, please also let us know. Uh, if you haven't followed us on Discord yet, please do so. <laughs> And oh. I would say let's uh, let's uh, meet next session. All right. See you in the next series. Bye.